Episode 324 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm editor Kirk Semenoff. Well, the floors have been waxed, teachers are decorating their classrooms, and school children around Wichita have purchased their school supplies. It is time for another academic year. Kelly Bielefeld, the new superintendent of schools for Wichita School District, joins me in episode 324 to talk about his new role and what's ahead for USD 259. He comes to the job with a diverse background in many districts, and we talk about how Wichita Public Schools is addressing the challenge of getting its graduates ready for the workforce. Kelly Bielefeld joins me in just a minute. But first, here's a look at what's in this week's edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Our cover story this week is the talent pipeline. Hiring doesn't have to be hard, is the headline. And the story takes a look at what to do when your talent pipeline is running dry. It's great tips for rebuilding your talent pool quickly. The cover story begins on page 14. This week's list is oil producers. See who's producing the most barrels and see who historically has been the most productive. It's a fascinating list of some of the top regional oil producing companies. The list is on page 10. Our Excellence in Healthcare series returns this month with a look at local healthcare professionals who are making a difference. Excellence in Healthcare begins on page 23. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 36. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Superintendent Kelly Bielefeld is with us this week on the podcast. Kelly is uh, was in the district already, but then was hired as the superintendent in the spring to, uh, to replace Alicia Thompson this fall. Kelly, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Glad to be here. First thing I want to ask you, uh, I noticed on social media the other day as, as you all welcome new teachers to the district, I think it was at Northwest High School, yep. they take a big team picture of everybody in red t-shirts. I think it's the leadership team and maybe some others. You would think that the superintendent would be right in the middle of the front of the picture. And if you look real closely, you are in the back left. You are barely in the frame. <laughs> big smile on your face. But does that say anything about your personality or what, just what happened in that photo? Well, I, I think it does a little bit. Yeah. And I was, a couple of people said, you need to be right up front. And I said, no, no, I don't. <laughs> this is, uh, this is the team and the team is the power, right? It isn't just all about me. And, um, I've been asked a lot, you know, over the last few weeks, you know, how's it going? Is it, you know, are you overwhelmed? Are you drinking from a fire hose? And the reality is, our team is so strong and cohesive that um, it's been really easy to step in and you know kind of pick up the reins where Alicia left off and um, be ready for a great school year. Talk about the transition. You say it's 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 been pretty smooth. You know everybody, of course, that you're going to be working with, and you're you're stepping into uh, footsteps of Alicia, who did well for I guess about five years, five six years. Yep. Um, 
yeah, is it just fine-tuning at this point, or just talk about what you want to get accomplished here early on? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think really it's the, the way I've been phrasing it is we're really building on the foundation that she created. Um, prior to, uh, you know, Dr. Thompson being in the district, we didn't really have a, a, a clear, cohesive strategic plan. Um, she brought that to the district. We've created, you know, great momentum around, you know, graduation rate, around third-grade reading, um, safe and trusted schools. So we're really looking to build on that. That's one of the kind of the first things we're doing this year is uh, uh, revamping the strategic plan. Um, but school board's been, been pretty clear. They like what we have. They want to build on what we have. So we won't be, you know, tearing anything down. We'll be building on the foundation that's already there. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about you a little bit and get into your background. You're a Kansan. You're from Abilene, Kansas. Yes. And, uh, we were just talking with one of our reporters, Josh Witt, who's also from Abilene. Um, Talk a little bit about growing up in Abilene and what kind of a kid were you growing up? Uh, Abilene, you know, is a, kind of a Mayor, Mayberry-like place. You know, it's a small town, uh, great history, uh, a lot of a lot of cool experiences as a kid. Um, so I was a you know a, an athlete, a leader, you know, involved in everything as a lot of us that grew up in small towns are. Um, but it, it was a. a, a a great place uh, for me to uh, grow up, but also um, the foundation of education that I got there was good. It was rigorous, and um, but I, I loved school and went to K-State from there. Um, started off in the engineering world and realized that um, teaching was where I needed to be. Working with kids is what I loved, and I think that you know the positive experience I had in you know in Abilene in the public schools there uh, really kind of drew me back to getting into education and doing that as a career. Was there one thing that you saw that made you realize I want to be an educator or, or what was it? Well, you know, I, I, I've told the story a few times that my senior year, I had a Mrs. Etherington. She was my fourth grade teacher and went to church together. And, uh, I needed to spill a spot in my schedule, and I said, hey, would you want me to come you know, help in your classroom? She said, sure. So I had no intention of being a teacher. I had no intention of going into education, but um, I went and helped, and I really liked it and liked being around the kids, and we'd go out on the playground and, you know, have a good time with them and everything. And once I got to college and kind of was, you know, soul searching a little bit about what I wanted to do with my life, I looked back at that experience and it was like, you know, that was, it was impactful. It was meaningful. And, um, I, I love working with kids, you know, so that that's been a theme throughout my life as far as, you know, coaching and, you know, vacation Bible school when I was a kid and, you know, giving tennis lessons and on and on and on. So, um, I love working with youth and, uh, you know, it's, it's energizing, it's fun, it's dynamic. It's, you never know quite what to expect, but that's part of what's so great about it. So after graduating from Kansas state, you went on and got your, your master's at Wichita state kind of take me through where you taught and, and then what got you into administration. So, uh, I started my career in Goddard high school and, um, pretty shortly after starting my teaching career, I went and got my master's at WSU. Um, leadership has always kind of been in my veins a little bit. And I think, uh, that, um, kind of that combination of working with kids and being a leader, you know, together has, has really been my passion and my story. Um, out of Goddard then, I went to uh, St. Patrick in K uh, Kingman, Kansas, a small Catholic school. Uh, spent two years there. Um, and then from there, went to Andale, was principal there four years. Um, transitioned over to Oaklawn Elementary, which is in Derby School District, but kind of in South Wichita. Um, and then that entire time, we'd lived 
in Clearwater. So uh, moved back to Clearwater at that point, was able to be the principal where my, my own kids were going to school, which was very cool. Um, and then while I was in Clearwater, they, they tapped me to be the assistant superintendent, and I moved up to that position and then came to Wichita from there. And um, you know now, now I sit here as superintendent. So. I, my father was a, a elementary school principal in Wichita for 35 years, and his his later his wife was a principal too. Um, I've always been curious about principals who really enjoy kids, but you're not with kids in in an environment every single day, unless maybe they've been misbehaving uh, or or at lunchtime or other places like that. Do you miss kids when you get into administration? Yeah, it, especially at the district level. You know, it's 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 even more removed. Um, you know, as a principal. Uh, it, the day-to-day interactions weren't the same as far as having a classroom that you kind of see grow throughout the entire year. Um, but there were those kids that, that um, you ended up seeing a lot in the office, and those were the kids you ended up building the relationships with um, and seeing great progress with. And, you know, the unique perspective of a principal, too, is being able to see um, year-to-year growth, not just the growth of one year like a teacher gets to see. But, you know, I would I would see kids that were fourth graders that I knew you know, in second grade, really struggled and, and really had, uh, you know, uh, trouble maintaining, you know, composure in the classroom. And, you know, they get to th- th- second, third, fourth, and you really see, you know, that longitudinal growth that a kid has that a teacher doesn't always get to see. They only get them for mm-hmm. the year and they pass them on. So that's super cool, super rewarding and, and fun to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you get into a district level administration, I'm, I'm curious as to uh, who you learn from? Who do you try to emulate in your career? Who, who have been some of the best leaders that you have worked with? Yeah, that's a great question. I think at, at this level, as the superintendent level, um, Craig Wilford, uh, who is a longtime Derby superintendent, uh, is one of my one of the people I try to emulate. Um, he was uh, affable and connected and, and able to you know really relate to everybody, but at the same time, you know, was super effective and, and did a lot of good things in Derby. Um, so I learned a lot from him just as a uh, as an example and as a mentor. Um, and then, you know, I've had, I've been blessed with tremendous mentors throughout my entire career. When I first started in the diocese, you know, Dr. Fred Saab um, was assistant superintendent in the diocese of Wichita. And he told me then, you know, this was 2005. He said, oh, you're going to be a superintendent someday. And I, I never, I always kind of push back on it because I, I, I love the principal job. I love being with kids. Um, and I, I'm glad, I'm glad I took the opportunities I have these last few years, but, uh, 13 years as a principal and that I still see myself as that, that's my primary job that I've mm-hmm. had in life is being a principal. So, um, take a look at this job and, and tell me why you wanted to, when you, when you got word that Alicia was stepping down or retiring, what made you want to throw your name in? You know, um, I had, uh, my, my wife is a, a WPS grad. She went to North High. Um, so I've only experienced Wichita from kind of the outside, so to speak. Um, so in 2020, when I became executive director of college and career readiness, um, I learned how fantastic the district is. And it's full of amazing people. And it's not that I didn't know that before, but when you work with them day to day, you really get a feel for what it's like. Um, it's a it's a large urban district, and it's you know kind of one of a kind in Kansas. Um, so that brings that brings challenges, but with every challenge, there's an opportunity, and the impact that we can make on on our kids, you know, lives in this district is is um, 
you know, unbelievable, really, that we can we can change the trajectory of kids and whose family has never had anyone go to college before, has never had anyone graduate high school before, those sorts of things. Um, and we have we have the gamut of you know kids that that grow up like that to kids that you know are fourth, fifth generation East High, you know, family of doctors and lawyers. Or, you know, we have we have every kind of kid there is in in our district. Um, and I think you know watching what Alicia had been doing. Um, uh, I had been pretty connected with the strategic plan with Alicia, with my former work in um, college career readiness and, and really workforce development, um, working a lot with, you know, the chamber, the partnership, um, a lot of the, the entities in town that are trying to um, create talent pipeline, create workforce, uh, but also invest in kids and know how important that is. Um, so I think I was in a kind of a unique place to, uh, you know, apply for the position and, and make a difference uh, that, um, isn't, you know, somebody complete, completely from the outside that was going to, you know, come in with complete, you know, new ideas that doesn't understand Wichita. But at the same time, I've had a pretty diverse background of experiences from, you know, rural schools, suburban schools, parochial schools, urban schools, you know, high poverty schools. So I I kind of felt, you know, all the different types of, of roles uh, throughout the, you know, throughout my career. And I think it was just a kind of a perfect fit and perfect timing. So Was it really necessary to, to get your feet wet in the district for those couple of years before applying for this job. I did, coming straight from Clearwater might have been a different experience. Yeah, for sure. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, and I think I think building trust with the people in, in, inside the district too that I was able to um, really impact uh, you know my world enough and kind of prove myself so to speak to to other uh, district leaders. And you know, my former job, I worked the college careerness job. You know, I worked with, uh, you know, facilities on remodeling our future ready center. I worked with finance on, you know, hiring positions. I worked with HR. I worked with, you know, all of the different district leaders in some capacity at a, in a different way than what I am now. So I think that created, you know, a trust and a relationship with them that um, they, they saw, you know, what I was able to bring to the district and kind of our vision for it. And, uh, you know, the school board believed in it. And so, you know, here we are. Mm -hmm. yep. I want to talk about the district. And the first thing you, you've kind of mentioned is workforce readiness. Uh, and that's kind of a, a theme with the, the with the public schools is future ready. Yeah. Um, we had Sherry Utash come in and speak to one of our groups last week. And she talked about what companies in Wichita are telling her at, at WSU Tech about what they need from those graduates. I'm assuming that these businesses and companies and, and business leaders in the community are, are coming to you and your leadership team and telling you kind of the same things, right? What are they telling you? Well, um, yeah, we are, we're starting our strategic, uh, strategic planning process um, and just had our first meeting, you know, this week. Um, and about half of our group is, you know, business and industry leaders from the community. So that's kind of the point of why we're including external stakeholders to, is to hear that. You know, we hear a lot at... Um, at our level, we hear a lot about employability skills or soft skills or whatever you might want to call them. So, you know, students being able to work in a team, to problem solve, uh, to have some perseverance, along with, you know, literally just showing up on time, mm -hmm. tucking your shirt in, getting off your cell phone, uh, some of those kind of things. So, um, you know, we, we try to embed those as much as we can. That's, that's kind of why, uh, you know, the Future Ready Center concept that we have, um, we have one for manufacturing and one for healthcare uh, now that are up and going. And those facilities, 
uh, we hope feel like a workplace for the students so it doesn't feel like a classroom, um, that it feels like I'm showing up to work every day and I've got to follow the safety protocols. Even if I don't like them, I've got to you know, wear my eye protection and wear my uniform and um, whatever it is. Um, so trying to get that ingrained in students as much as we can earlier on um, is, is in response to what we hear from a lot of our business industry leaders. But you know, to be fair, they, they struggle with that with 18-year-olds they hire. They also struggle with 40-year-olds that they hire. So it's not just a young people problem. It's, uh, you know, there's other issues at, at hand. So. Somebody like me who's in his mid-50s, when I say kids these days, I have to remind myself <laughs> that, yeah, it's, it's all generations that have problem following rules and yeah. being to places on time. Yep. Uh, talk about, and I'm probably going to get the name wrong, is it the Future Ready Center at, at what I call the old Dillons at yes, North High? Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about what kind of advantage that gives you in the district for, for accomplishing some of the things you want to accomplish? Well, um, a couple a couple reasons we we have gone to that model. Um, for one, it's it's more efficient. We can put um, high dollar equipment and staff in one place, and then we bring the students to that place instead of trying to replicate that in all eight high schools. Um, so it creates some efficiencies there. It also gives business and industry a, a place to go, a common you know access point for guaranteed interviews for kids for internships for um you know flyers any any type of engagement they want to do with students um you know the, what makes the future ready center the future ready center kind of our, our three components to it are it's juniors and seniors and it's workforce ready training um they a lot of them will go on to wsu tech or go on to a four-year college but if they want to they can go straight into the workforce and get a, a pretty good paying job um two it's uh, you know engagement for business and industry that that kind of sole point of contact. And three, the thing we really hope to do with having the facility um, kind of as a showcase is to inspire younger people, um, elementary, middle school kids, to want to get the training uh, in those areas. Um, you know, it's been interesting watching manufacturing and healthcare because those, you know, for a younger kid, uh, healthcare kind of speaks for itself. You know, mm -hmm. we were just talking about it before we got started here that kids know healthcare, they know doctors, they know nurses, they're excited to go into those fields. They don't know manufacturing and aviation in the same way. So we're really trying to translate that to them that these are, they're high skill, high wage jobs, but they're also um, in a clean, well-led environment. They're high tech, they're, they're cool. You can, it's robotics, it's 3D printing, it's, you know, machining, it's um, composites and sheet metal. So it's not, you know, a, you're, you're, you're dirty and, and, you know, breathing, you know, s you know, smoke all day at the factory like it was 100 years ago. It's really, really a high-tech job of the future, um, hence the Future Ready Center. Has it been a problem getting kids interested in that, or have they taken to it pretty well? No, I think they've taken to it pretty well. You know, last year was really kind of year one um, in getting, creating kind of this pipeline. And we had, I think, around oh, 120 kids that came through in both semesters last year total. Um, so I think, I think, as it becomes more you know well known with students that they'll see the opportunity um, and we we designed it to have you know multiple on and off ramps so if a kid gets over there and doesn't like it they can go back to their home school um, they also we don't have prerequisites it's completely free um, you know for uh, with CTE money or an Excel in CTE money with WSU Tech, you know we we buy the buy the uniforms, buy the textbooks, buy you know anything they might need. Um, so it's a great opportunity that you graduate high school um, and and go straight into the workforce in a career that um, you know pays you know anywhere from you know eighteen to thirty two dollars an hour, which 
at 18, that's a good wage, you know, that's, that's more than I was making. It, it's probably not hard to, to tell a high school student, that, you know, the, these folks at Spirit who went on strike, this is how much they're making. Yeah. And that would probably really excite them, I would exactly. think, coming out of school and making something close to that. Yeah. Talk about some of the other programs that, that are in high school right now that can lead kids towards college. I'm thinking particularly... East High IB program and then the Northwest program that can get kids a lot of college credit. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's important that, you know, it, it's all workforce development, but we need, um, you know, we need all levels of, of employees. You know, right. we need, we need people with bachelor's and master's and PhDs just as much as we need entry level. Um, so yeah, East High has a, has a proud tradition with their international baccalaureate program. Um, that continues to graduate just, you know, rock star kids that are going all over the nation and doing great things. Um, our collaboration with friends university at the early college Academy at Northwest, um, we graduated our first cohort this year. Um, so we bring in about 50 students every year for that. Um, so kind of a, about two 200 total and I think our first group we graduated was 34 36 kids and ended up coming through that um, they graduated with 55 college credits um, completely wow. free so um, almost an associate's degree they can take two classes if they want the associates um, but it's, it's super exciting because they're you know you think of how much further down the line they are than other kids you know um, it, it's pretty profound oh so. it's it's tremendous and there's yeah. a father who's paying for a daughter in college right now. I know how much those, those high school earned credits can be worth. Yes, they are. Uh, I wanted to be sure to ask you about the, the workforce challenge that all school districts are having right now in filling a teacher shortage. I think we heard from somebody in one of our uh, career women groups who works for the district the other day that the teacher shortage might not be as bad as originally planned. Where do, where do you stand with it? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, it's better than, you know, kind of the right out of COVID numbers were. We still have unfilled positions, um, especially in special education and then hard to fill areas like math and science. Um, but it, it is better than it was last year. You know, we had over 400 new teachers uh, that came into the district this week. And that's that's about average, I think. Um, that's a pretty uh, pretty average number from year to year. But um, we, could, we still continue to, to need, you know, workforce when it comes to teachers and, and paras and substitutes and all that. Um, but we are seeing a recovery. Um, I think, you know, COVID had impacts for lots of reasons, but... Um, you know, some of our older teachers or our, our substitutes who are older, you know, it was a health worry to be around, you know, kids who aren't the are germ factories to some extent, right? So um, uh, some of those people are starting to come back and reenter the workforce with us, which has helped a lot. So, yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you about other things that you see as immediately immediate challenges for you as superintendent coming in. Um, what, what are things that you want to get addressed that maybe Dr. Thompson didn't see as a priority or that she did and just didn't get done before she left? Yeah, there, there's a couple things I think that, um, you know, in March of 2020 were put on the shelf and, uh, because, you know, COVID shut down everything. And then we were kind of focusing on that for 18 months. So some of those things were, were getting off the shelf, so to speak, and dusting them off and, and re-examining them. Um, one of the things is, you know, where we just at our last board meeting, um, did a kind of a master facilities audit with all of our buildings. You know, we have 94 buildings. The average age is 60 years old, um, which is, which is cool. I love old buildings. I've, we have an old house. Um, you know, you can't you can't put a price tag on North High and East High and mm -hmm. how how incredible they are. Um, 
but they're not cheap to maintain at the at the no. at the other side of it. So um, we're starting to look at um, you know future investment, how we manage our funds, and, and look toward uh, the future when it comes to that. Um, I already mentioned the strategic plan. You know, we're we're looking at um, revamping that, and we hope that. Coming out of the, the strategic plan that'll be finished at the end of the calendar year, um, you know, looking at 24, uh, 2024, I think we'll um, we'll have some kind of marching order, so to speak, from the board about priorities mm-hmm. as far as what we want to do as a district, um, and we'll start to shape and look at, um, you know, really making sure we're offering the right uh, curricular opportunities from from high school, which you already talked about, but all the way down to elementary. Uh, make sure we're Parents feel their, you know, their students are um, going to be future ready, that they're going to have the skills they need for the future, and listening to business and industry to, to also know that um, it's it's challenging, as you know, forecasting the future isn't isn't easy. But I do think there's some, you know, kind of universal skills that kids that we can instill in kids that they they can take with them, you know, and use the rest of their lives. So. Mm-hmm. Although you are new to the superintendent role, you're not new to the district and. I have to think in your former role, you you met with a lot of business leaders and community members already who probably know you. How much do you feel like you need to get out and introduce yourself to the city right now? Um, as far as the kind of business and industry side, I, that's true. I, I feel like I, I know a lot of um, a lot of the leaders. I've been in a lot of the meetings, spoken on panels, and things like that. Um, not not as connected in, in maybe the nonprofit um, or social side um, of things, but I, you know, I've I've met with United Way and Big Brothers Big Sisters, and you know, made some of those connections that I didn't have before. Um, so I continue to you know to reach out to to those organizations and try to be as connected as I can, making sure we're you know. Uh, uh, we can we can get a lot done if we're all rowing in the same direction and we've got uh, you know I say all the time that the community of Wichita wants our kids to succeed you know you can just you can feel it from uh, from everywhere um, from from small nonprofits to big nonprofits to uh, you know small businesses to you know the biggest employers in town that there's a lot of desire to help our kids and um, as our kids go the community goes right if, if our kids can um, you know, be employable and, and have the skills they need for the future. That helps every taxpayer in our community. Um, so, uh, you know, by working together, I think we can get a lot done. Mm-hmm. I started with social media. I'll end with social media. You have been doing a three questions video on social media. I'm not sure how many you've done by now, but they've been quite entertaining. You've had <laughs> uh, district workers and employees and, and kids ask you questions and you answer them to kind of reveal some of your personality. Yep. Uh, what else do you think we'll see from you social media wise and as you introduce yourself to the to the masses? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad that you've seen it. You know, I, my father-in-law has told me he enjoys them and I thought he was maybe the only one that's watched any of them. So um, now we continue to, you know, p- part of part of, you know, my personality kind of to your back to your first question is, um, you know, I. I I believe in servant leadership. I believe in you know, the power of our team. But at the same time, I, I do understand that it's important for me to make a lot of a lot of these connections and people to know me personally. Um, I've already tried to be out in a lot of the buildings and around the district, uh, meeting our internal people. Um, I do think uh, you know. Uh, you know, you made mention of, of your age and, and the younger generation. Uh, I feel the same way. Where where I feel comfortable on Facebook, uh, a lot of our parents are a, an Instagram and TikTok generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think we need to lean into that and, you know, figure out how to leverage that to uh, make sure 
um, we're, we're connecting with our constituents and, you know, our constituents are, are all patrons, all taxpayers, but especially our parents, you know, that's, we want to partner with parents to, you know, achieve the goals they want for their students. So, um, so watch for that. When you figure out how TikTok works, please, please let me know. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. <laughs> Superintendent Kelly Bielefeld of the Wichita School District, good luck to you. Uh, we wish you all the best and we'll, we're interested in following how it goes this fall. Well, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you, Kurt. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 324. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.